And now, Fastened Like Nails with Dr. Mark Hamby. Okay, we just got the thumbs up from our sound engineer, Emily Crabb, and in the studio Woo! with me is Molly Mayo and Colin Smith. Welcome, guys. Okay, this is the last day for the giant of pride. And it's also like the end of a really big day, too. Yes. It's the biggest, meanest, baddest giant in the book, The Giant Killer, mm-hmm. by L-O, A-L-O-E. A lady of England. A lady of England. Maria yes, nice Charlotte job. Tucker. Oh, really? I never knew that. Mm-hmm. Okay, she, so she, the, the Giant Killer is a story within a story. It is one of our best-selling books here at Lamplighter. Uh-huh. Children pretty much all ages. I, we have adults telling us that, that book really influenced their it. lives. I loved it, yeah. Yeah, me too. I listened to the audio, and then I wanted to read the book, and I loved both of them. The, the What do you like better? I like the book better. I usually go back to the book, which is weird because I listened to the audio drama first, but I couldn't quite – I didn't love the way the giants were done in the audio drama. Really? They were oh. a little auto-toned. Oh, I liked them a lot. Yeah, I loved Conscience too. Oh, yeah, that was good. Conscience, especially when Conscience is getting hammered mm-hmm. on the anvil. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That was the best part, I thought, of the whole journey. Well, because these stories are so creative and they like cause you, they kind of linger with you and they cause you to think about different things in your own life. And you're like, oh, giant pride just identified that or giant untruth or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so it's giving you just this crazy interactive platform to take with you. I've had parents write and tell us that their children immediately responded. Um, nine-year-old boy started taking out the garbage every day. Aww. You know, he said, "I'm going to fight the giant sloth today." <laughs> you know, and you know, some kids. There's a one part where Fides is very, very tired, mm. and he doesn't think he can he can move forward. And there's mm-hmm. the spider webs and everything. And mm-hmm. you know, kids need to realize they've got to fight. Sometimes there's sleepy, drowsiness spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, to get the work done. You know, <laughs> Cole and I were just talking about that, and we were talking about people who love work or people who hate work. And one of the things that we were talking about was... Who could hate work? (laughs) That's the question. But we were talking about, like, finding value in everything that you do. Because sometimes if you're doing a job that you're just like, there's no point to this. You know, it's it's there's a problem internally where, you know... If, if a kid is taking out the trash and he's thinking to himself, I could be a, I'm a knight and I'm conquering the giant sloth. Now he's like, I'm, it's not about like me just not wanting to do something. There's a deeper meaning to this. And when you have that value to your life and you realize that what you do influences you for the rest of your life or that it's tied to this bigger mm-hmm. picture, it gives you that confidence and that courage and the motivation. I think what changed my perspective was someone preached a message on Genesis and said that work was not part of the curse. Work was part of God's um, God-given responsibility to Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. And they saw that not only was it their God-given responsibility, but the first command was subdue and have dominion over the animals mm-hmm. and over the land. Um, and so that word dominion wasn't so much like having authority over it, but to continue to replenish it and to make it better, you know, mm-hmm. to re- be, we're recreators. You know, and so in, in our gardens, you know, mm-hmm. Noah Sanders, just the other day, we, I interviewed him and he said, it's important that we do things on time. Mm-hmm. We do things with the highest, highest level of excellence, mm-hmm. minimal waste, and always with joy. Mm-hmm. And the only way that you can always work with joy, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. The only way you can have that worldview in your life is to see that you're working for a greater cause. You're Amen. actually working in mm-hmm. tandem, in partnership 
with God himself. Uh-huh. You know, you're creating something that you stand back and going like, this was good. At the end of every day of creation, <laughs> except for one, God says, this was good. Mm-hmm. He creates man, he says what? Very mm-hmm. good. This is very good, okay? Mm-hmm. The ultimate of his creation. Yeah. And everything that we do needs to be the same. Th- that same idea needs to be um, achieved where mm-hmm. we, we're like just the other day I was um, we're building a house and we we're putting um, some tile down. And um, I I went and I got several samples, put them in there. And I'm like, oh, just there's something wrong with this. It just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kept going back. And Colin, you were with me. And uh, you you looked at the tile and you're going like, hey, Mark, you like this? And I looked at him going like, that's it. That's the one. And we, it because now when I walk into that room with that tile, it's not going to take my breath away, but it's going to come close to it. You know, <laughs> I'm going to walk in there with joy. Hmm. You know, the same thing happened when we put the floor tile in. There's something about coming into, so we were going to do this dark, almost, copper tone blackish color and it showed a lot of tracks you know it was nice but it wasn't something you'd walk in and go like wow this is gorgeous this new tile it's beautiful you walk in and it makes you feel comfortable it makes you feel at ease it makes Uh you feel welcome warm yeah and so everything we do it takes i could have just said you know enough of this i'm Mm -hmm. tired of going Mm -hmm. getting samples of Mm -hmm. tile you know um, the doors that we're putting in right now, the interior doors, mm-hmm. I could put white doors in. Oh, that's, yeah. You know, but there's something about stained wooden doors that it takes a lot more time to stain them than urethane them and uh-huh. doing all that work. I'm really glad you said that because there's something to be said about that beauty of going the extra mile, something that I definitely face a lot with. You know, we've got a lot of things sometimes on our list to do, and so it's tempting to just get it all done and Mm. all of that. But then um, to be able – God's been like really bringing up the verse like being faithful in the small things. And so even whether it's just setting up the studio or doing something small like that, it can be a bit of a challenge to be like, well, you know, I can get it done or whatever. But then there's always that, but am I going to do it to the best of my ability? When I sit down to edit this blog post, am I going to do it, get it done with, move on to the next one or actually – Pray it through and relax mm. and take time yeah. to make this as beautiful as it can be. And I, I haven't been doing that with the blog posts. And so God was like kind of ra- mm. has been recently just like, hey, are you going to try to do this in your strength or in mine? Because we can do really cool things together. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, and there's something so amazing about putting your best in and then watching mm-hmm. God, you know, come alongside you and take something to the next level because you honored him with that. Mm. I, yeah, I Go ahead. Uh, this week, yeah, this, that, that reminds me. This week, um, we we're supposed to, we're doing the Book of Judges, mm. and uh, because we had discussed doing it, we we had thought that the students would be too busy writing scripts. Mm. I lightened up the Book of Judges, and uh, we got through the Book of Judges last week, mm-hmm. and I, here I am. So <laughs> most teachers, you know, what you do is you show people videos. You know, you, you kind of like have a a day where you just do events or whatever, mm-hmm. or maybe you play games. But I thought, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to actually dig in, and we're going to keep going into Samuel. Mm. We got all the way through Samuel, the judgeship, and we were, we still had time. So I thought, you know what we're going to do? I had, Today I was like, I was exhausted. Last night I was just <laughs> so gone. Really? So yeah. I dug in. And then today I said, I'm not going to phone it in. So I, I showed them my life's work. Wow. I showed them a complete chiastic structure going from the beginning of Deuteronomy Mm. all the way to the end, the beginning of Second Kings. Wow. 
two chiastic <laughs> structures amazing. with the center chiasm of both chiastic structures being a chiasm and the chiasm at the center of first Samuel is a double chiasm That's about amazing. wisdom and folly. Nabal and Abigail. Yes. Oh wow. And it's beautiful. It's and I amazing. showed them the center of the chiastic structure and I related it to wisdom and Solomon who was most likely compiling it. I show I just unfolded for him my life's work which made me exhausted. Mm. But it was so rewarding because as we as we ended the passage, everyone was just so full of joy and oh, they were laughing. Wow. And you saw that, Mark. Yeah. You know what's amazing? So you you taught in a way today that I have never ever witnessed before, <laughs> and the joy that was upon the students' faces and in their hearts. Spencer couldn't wait to share what you had taught him. Mm. He was so excited. He was like, he goes, he, "This is what Spencer said to me." He goes, he goes, "How does he know this stuff? Like, why can't I find this stuff in books? Where where can where else can I find this stuff?" And I looked at him and I said, "I'm going to tell you a secret." <laughs> He made it all up. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, today as we were teaching, it's funny. It's like the Lord rewarded me because today we was, as we were teaching the passage, mm-hmm. I found something that Abigail said to David I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this passage where she says this. I'm going to say it. No, no. Okay. Can, can I? You, you are bound. You, you, can you I say it? You can do it. Yeah. No, go ahead. You say no, it. No, 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 no. Go I don't want to take any time. No, no, no. You do it. You do it. Mark, you do it. It's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. <laughs> I, I think I've quoted this probably more than most other passages in the Bible. So David is about to kill her husband, Nabal. The word Nabal yeah. is the word for stupid or fool, mm-hmm. right? Yes, it is. And, um, and Nabal had um, kind of like shamed David because David was like saying to him, hey, look, at we're, um, we're, we're out here in the wilderness and we're protecting, you know, your, your sheep and your men and everything. And, um, you know, we'd like a little bit of um, return on our investment in you. And, yeah. and Nabal's like, well, yeah, we'll take a hike because I'm not going to give you anything. <laughs> and David's like, we just need some food, bread and, and, yeah. and so forth. And, and Nabal shames David. I think he cuts the beard off of. Well, he, he dishonors David. Um, his response is dishonoring David. He says, "Who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? I don't know where these guys came from." Doesn't doesn't he also though cut the uh, half of the beard off of I think, two of the men? I think that's a different story. Oh, is it a different story? Yeah, that's okay. crazy. Okay, so yeah, so he shames David, and then David comes. He's going to kill him, and yep. then Abigail gets all of these fruits and vegetables and mm-hmm. breads, and she meets David just before David goes to kill her husband, and she says to she says these words. My Lord, thou art bound in the bundle of life with the Lord thy God. Mm-hmm. And you want to share no, you, with you, me? you do it. You do it. That's one of my favorites. So the, the phrase bound in the bundle of life, it's when you were going to take something very precious, an object, a um, piece of pottery that was very expensive, priceless, and you were going to send it with a messenger, you would take that and you would wrap that in cotton and all kinds of soft materials, then place it in a wooden box so that it was just unbreakable. And that person would then carry that, or they would just keep it wrapped, not even put it in a box, keep it wrapped, and so that it was, you could tell that it was precious. And the servant would take, this messenger would take it, and he would take it to someone that was significant. And that phrase that Abigail is saying of David is like, David, don't you realize that God is protecting you. You don't have to take things into your own hands. Even though this might, you know, my my husband, who's a fool, said this to you, David, don't ruin your reputation and don't ruin, you know, don't ruin your integrity 
because of this foolish man, Mm -hmm. because God's got you. You are bound in the bundle of life, David. God's got you. You don't have to take this in your own hands. Mm -hmm. Amen. And that's the center of her chiastic plea to David. It's amazing. She knows David so well. She says, um, yet a man has risen to pursue you and seek your life, meaning Saul. And that's the previous passage. Saul had sought his life. The next passage, Saul is going to seek his life. That's the chiasm. In both passages, the Ziphites betray David, and Saul has a chance to kill him, but David spares Saul. And they're both on the opposite of this passage. Oh, David spares Saul and David spares Nabal. Yes. So, But here what happens is she says, he's pursuing your life, your soul. And then she says, but your soul is kept by God. Mm. So it's safe. And then she says amazing thing. She says, the souls of your enemies, he shall sling out from the pocket of a sling. (laughs) And you know who's famous for David and Goliath? (laughs) David's David's sling. So his enemies are going to be slung from God like a a rock. Wow. Slung out of a, a sling. Mm-hmm. She knows him so well. She's appealing to him mm-hmm. because Nabal said, who is this guy? We don't know. You're nobody. She says, you are somebody and the Lord loves you. That's what makes you somebody. Wow. Hmm. And so this is like a two wisdom. So foolishness mocks and scorns the king. Mm-hmm. Wisdom, lady wisdom, praises the king. Mm-hmm. And the, the way lady wisdom lifts up the king just like Jesus. And so, so lady um, wisdom is pictured here. And it's almost like Psalm 2, kiss the king, lest he be angry. And so here she is lifting him up. And what lifts the king up? What exalts the king? His relationship with the Lord. Hmm. But that's actually not what I found today. (laughs) Can I show you what I found today? Yeah. Okay. There's a passage here where she's talking to him. And at the end of her conversation where she finally convinces him not to do this thing and kill, here's what she says. She says, when the Lord has dealt well with my Lord, then remember your maidservant. Mm. Okay, so she says, you know, you don't shed blood or anything and avenge yourself, but when the Lord has dealt well with my Lord, then remember your maidservant. That's so clever. You know why? No. Who is who is my Lord? Is it Nabal or David? Ooh. David. Who is it? Well, it could be when the Lord has dealt well with David and your king and your mm-hmm. powerful, remember me, or when the Lord has dealt with Nabal and killed him, remember me and we'll get married. <laughs> no way. It's Seriously? Both. It's both. Oh, my. Whoa. <laughs> Molly's face. Isn't that great? Uh-huh. Okay, so colon, colon goes very deep into biblical theology mm-hmm. and understanding the text. And what I like about Colin's teaching is that we have to allow the text to speak for itself. Yeah. And so I think that you have something there. I'm not ready to accept it completely, okay? But I would at least say that I think there's some valid reasons to at least research a little bit further. There's a lane of prophecy where it's a double prophecy. Like like take, take for instance, Mahel el-Hashbaz or the— Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a son shall come forth. And so Isaiah has a son, and that's a fulfillment of the prophecy. But then Jesus comes, it's a truer fulfillment. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it's a double fulfillment, like in Joel. Your tongue, your 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 men shall, your old men shall have dreams, and your young men shall prophesy. Right? There's a fulfillment of that on Pentecost, and then in the last days, it hasn't mm-hmm. happened yet. So it's a double fulfillment. So what she means, I think, intentionally, is when you become king and you're blessed, just remember mm-hmm. me, like bless my family. But what it actually ends up meaning is when God has dealt with Nabal, then he rem- David remembers her. Yeah, and and it may not have been an official proposal. I don't think like- she was proposing. I think. David looked back on that and he was like, whoa, 
Okay, or or, <laughs> or she's saying like, take care of me. You know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a widow. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna have that kind of support. But are you willing to take well, care of me? The fact the, that David it's married. It's hard to ignore that the Lord immediately takes care of her Lord, aka Nabal, in the next passage, and he dies dead of a heart attack. And then David yeah, marries. And then, crazy. and then, <laughs> and then so David you have a passage where Nabal's foolishness is rewarded, and what does the fool get? Death. Her foolish, her wisdom is rewarded, and what does she get? Protection in life. No, Our she husband. gets this. Here is your maidservant to wash the feet of your servants of my Lord. Wisdom is a servant. Mm. She says that? She says that. Abigail she, says she that? She says, in the, in the chiastic center of Abigail's plea, she says, here's what she says. Here is your maidservant, just like Hannah says to God and just like Mary says. And then she says, a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. Wow. So, so it could be possible that she said all of that and then didn't fully realize the implications or... No, she what? didn't. I don't think yeah. she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. But, it's, but what it is, is it's clever writing. It's so good. The way it's written is so good. Right. we got to remember oh, yeah. that the Bible's not written about the characters and the stories. The Bible is a theological... Mm. You know, it's 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 theological writing. God has written this yeah. using stories to teach us his truth. Yeah. Well, you know, even so. the prophets, the Bible says that prophets didn't fully know what they're writing when they wrote it. Right. So right. Like, yeah, I don't like, think she like fully knew what she was saying. Yeah. But it's so clever because whoever is writing it is looking back on it and writing it in a way in which it can be both. Mm. That's cool. And that's why scripture interprets itself. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. You know, when people start studying the Bible and really get into it and really dig deeper, Molly, you, you've been um, watching the video of the Bible Project. Yes, I've been doing there when, when you're in the tell, Bible. Tell the folks a little bit about that because they've, they've not seen that before. They probably need yeah. to, to oh, take a look at it. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, the Bible Project is run by a team down in Portland, Oregon. And what I really love about their videos, and I've been doing there, is just the Bible app, Year Through the Bible, with them. And they... They dive into um, biblical theology and they give you the tools to study the Bible for yourself. Like um, Colin and Mark, you know, they have years and years of accumulated knowledge. And, um, you know, you guys have gone to seminary and Colin, your dad was a biblical professor. And you kind of grew up with these framing devices and structure and you've learned how to study the Bible. And so for someone like me who came in and just fell in love with the way you guys teach and the the way the program is set up, but not fully realizing how to figure it all out on my own. Um, coming to your guys' classes, having the, the theology papers in, in your class, Dr. Hamby and um, Colin, with even just the Psalms that you went over, and then the Bible Project has been really helpful recently because mm. now that I'm on staff now, I'm, I'm not going to the classes, you know, but I still have that passion for biblical theology. So um, in the videos, they kind of unpack different passages, and they're like, this is, you know, what you're looking for, and this is what you can find. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it, I've been blown away, like, every yeah. single day lately. Yeah, they're they're they're. Um, they're the only ones that I know that teach like what we teach here at the Masters Guild. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they find the Bible Project. From yeah, Portland, it's Oregon. um they and and the best part is they they are so passionate about what they do that it's free resources. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not they don't charge for that. So you can find them on the Bible app or on um, YouTube. They have a channel there, and they actually have a whole series on how to study the Bible. They have some on understanding biblical texts and lots mm -hmm. and lots of resources. Okay, so awesome. I'm. I'm going to be late for dinner. Oh, no. Should so, we end it here? and then? No, we're going to go right into right. the giant, giant of, of hate. No, giant of pride. Pride. Yeah, giant okay. of pride. Okay, so our opponent today is the fiercest of all giants. He is the giant pride. 
Our key verse today is Proverbs 16:18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty, haughty spirit before a fall. And I think I picked that verse because there's a little bit of falling action that happens in this text. Oh, cool. That's awesome. All right. So now we're going to read from the giant killer. Mark, Molly, do you have the text in front of you? We do. I've asked Mark and Molly to read this, and uh, let's go. This is from the Giant Killer Illustrated book. White clouds carpeted the valley below. The gallant knight Fides stood looking down from atop a high mountain. Fides, through great effort, had climbed the mountain in search of experience. Enjoy the view, friend. It is well earned. Most knights do not have the courage and strength to make it half as far as you spoke a voice behind Phytus. Phytus turned around to see a knight in shining armor, standing tall and kingly. In his hand was a crooked, dark, metallic staff. Don't worry, brave knight, said the mysterious figure. I am high spirit, a friend of strong men like you and me. There is no fiercer enemy to those who oppose the king than myself. I have in the past been called the very seal of perfection. Why, the king himself has adorned me with every precious stone." Unsure of the man, Fides asked, You do not fight with a sword. I can use the sword better than any man, replied High Spirit, but I am constantly seeking a challenge worthy of my skill, and what better weapon to show my talent? With this very staff I have brought under my control meanness, gluttony, greed, and cowardice. You may not know me, but I know much of you. You are the great knight Fides, who conquered the giant untruth. I nearly killed him once. To this day I do not know how he escaped me. Did you look into the mirror and believe the lies you saw? Fides asked. I can assure you there was nothing untrue about what I saw in that mirror, and I would dash out the brains of anyone who dared to hint at such a thing, exclaimed the knight fiercely. But, Fides dared to say, the power given to us is not to be used to seek revenge on those who insult us. A scornful smile spread across the knight's face. <laughs> my strength is my own, and I will use it against whomever I please. Fides stooped down and wrote five words in the dust with his finger. Fides stood up again and said, You are strangely suspicious, dear knight. Please, can you read this? He pointed to the writing with his sword. His opponent looked down, knowing he could not read the words. His eyes flashed. Ha! You have figured it out. The giant pride began to slowly grow before Fides to an enormous size. He did not hesitate to shower heavy blows down upon the knight. Foaming with rage, the giant continued his relentless assault as Fides' guard began to fail. The battle against pride was the hardest of all. Down came another blow on Fides' right arm. His sword fell from his hand. The giant raised his mighty staff to destroy the knight. At that moment, when all appeared to be lost forever, a thought came to Fides. My king loves me, he burst out. What is this? whined the giant. That is why he sent me on this quest. I, I, I humble myself. Phytus fell to his knees in the posture of humility. The giant pride stepped back, startled by the unexpected words. I will kill you with your own sword. The giant roared as he reached down and grabbed the sword, but the wondrous weapon could not be wielded by the unholy hand of pride. In pride's hand, it burnt like a red-hot iron. With a cry of pain, the giant dropped the sword. The giant had forgotten Phytis was still kneeling in prayer. Writhing in pain, the giant stumbled over Phytis and teetered on the edge of the cliff. The giant waved his hand to prevent himself from falling. It looked for a second like the giant had recovered his balance, 
but a single stone thrown from an unseen hand struck the giant's helmet with a soft plunk, and the giant fell backwards, plummeting to his death. Oh, oh that was lovely. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, Mark. Um, I love it. Now... You don't have um, to pay for sound effects. <laughs> thank you, I know. Guys. That was a spectacular battle, guys. Mm. Um, the giant pride is by far the most cunning and dangerous giant we've faced yet. I know, because he sounded like some of the things he was saying was true. Yes, at first he appears to be Fides' friend, but once Fides exposes the giant pride, he grows to a fearsome size and yeah. attacks with dreadful strength. Fides could not beat Pride on his own. He needed mm. help. And as we battle Pride in our own lives, we need help too. Mm. That's why we look to the Bible, to learn about Pride and how to defeat him. So, I'm going to ask you guys some questions now. And you're each going to get a card for these questions. Are you ready? Is this a competition? So ready. Wait, is this, is this a competition? This is a fun game. I know that. Colin, <laughs> why do you got to take the competition out of it? You're becoming like those liberals. Okay. No, wait, 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 wait. There's no... You you're got... competing against pride, though. I don't want to take that away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this dear. is a competition against your main opponent, Mark. We're competing you. together, Mark. Aww. Mark, this is, an, this is a competition. This is a competition against your fiercest opponent. Mm. You. Schools are taking all competition out of schools now. Kids all get the same grade. Yes, but your worst opponent is still pride. All right. Ready? I'm still going to beat you. Okay. 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 Is it okay that I beat you? Yeah. Well, you better try harder. Maybe it was like a According to the prophet Isaiah in the second chapter of the book of Isaiah, the Lord Almighty has what in store for the proud? Punishment. Wrath. Can we have a multiple choice? Anger. Okay. Are you ready for multiple choice? So no. ready. A, destruction. Oh, I want it to be destruction. B, a day. C, a sling. And E. He's taking too much time, but definitely A. Okay, just this, those three. <laughs> <laughs> a, I'm going with destruction. Isaiah 2 2 says the Lord Almighty has a day in store for all the proud <gasps> a and lofty. Day. Oh, oh, Emily, you Emily had that? got it. Oh, oh that is exalted. Nice and job. they will be oh, my goodness. Okay, the card humbled. Goes, the card goes to Emily. Uh, Sound wait, engineer. Whose team is Emily on? She's on her own. <laughs> okay. Okay, she's going to help us fight the giant. No, she, this is a competition. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. James <laughs> chapter 4 says. That God gives us what? Oh, Emily definitely knows this one because she's memorizing the book of James. Wait, wait. God gives. God, God gives grace. us more grace what? to the poor. Grace. Yes. God oh, gives did us you more. say it first? I did. James oh. four six. Yes. James Whoa. four six says, "But He gives us more grace." That is why Scripture says, okay. "God opposes the proud, I didn't but shows favor to the humble." Oh wait, I protest. You didn't say the word "more." You just said, "God gives us what more grace." Yeah. Oh, more, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Okay, there's a promise in James chapter 4, verse 10. What is the promise? If we do what, what will happen? If we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, he He will will lift us up. Yes, Yes. Mark gets that one. Okay. Wait, give me my card. Good job, Mark. There you go, Mark. Okay, thank you. Okay. Wait, it's one, one, it's it's a triple. It's one to one to one. One to one to one. Okay. Jeremiah 9, 12 forbids the wise to do what? False. 
No, it's got to be something to do with like pride. Wait, say it again. Jeremiah nine twelve forbids the wise to do what? Be haughty. Jeremiah nine twelve forbids the wise to do what? Forbids the wise to be wise in their own eyes. Ooh, I think you might have it. What do you think, Em? Here we go. Wait, 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 wait. Emma's playing too. Em, what do you think? Forbids the wise. What do you think it is, Mark? It forbids the wise to. I like Molly's answer. Actually. Eat meat. Huh? Eat meat. What do you think, Em? Boast. She says boast. Oh, to boast. Okay. Jeremiah nine twelve. This is what the Lord says. Pride. Let the wise not boast of their wisdom. Whoa. Or the strong nice boast of their them. strength. Or the rich That's boast amazing. of their riches. Okay, M's got two. Ba, 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 and, two. and both of them got Molly it right. Molly and M, and I'm behind Do I have two or yeah, just one? you do. You got two. Okay. Okay. Here's a question that really needs a little thought. I'd say you do too. In Philippians 2.3, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Uh-huh. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. What is the difference between selfish ambition and vain conceit? Oh. Well, one serves others, lifting them up, and the other lifts yourself up. It makes me think of in Crown of Success, there's uh, Miss Folly, and then there's Hubris Pride. And so selfish ambition would be more of like a pride thing, and, and the vain conceit is more like Miss Folly. It's just foolish, like thinking better of yourself mm-hmm. versus like Hey, I'm just going with Molly's answer. What is the answer? That is true. Correct. No way. Selfish ambition is pushing other people down to put yourself ahead. Vain conceit is thinking more of yourself. Both are the product of pride. You said it way better than I did. Yes. Well, <laughs> I didn't even. Wait a minute. Didn't I say something like the that? Essence of the I first think you one. did. I it think was you a, got the essence. It was a group of it. effort. You can get selfish ambition because okay. you did good on okay. that one. So it's three, I three, two. One. Three, three, two. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13. Uh-huh. The Lord, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance and evil behavior and what? Sowing discord among the brethren. I zoned out. <laughs> <laughs> so to fear the Lord is to hate evil. Uh-huh. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and what? And, ah, and evil so behavior. I take it my answer wasn't right. So can I change it? It's close. Your, your, your answer is close, and it might in the Hebrew be the same word. And, and. I don't know. Yeah, don't say it. And. Pride, arrogance, evil behavior, and. Evil Selfish speaking. ambition. Yeah, perverse speech. Yeah, oh, nice. Yep. You essentially got it. Um, it's just a translation. Okay, it's issue. three, three, three. This is this is the last one. Okay. Um, you want some more, Wait, or you want you yeah. want to? Okay. One more question. I'm going to pick a ti- really good one. So give me a second. This is a tiebreaker. Okay. According to Romans chapter twelve, verse sixteen, we're supposed to do what? And then he commands us: Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do <gasps> oh, not be conceited. Oh, yes, this isn't dashed to pieces. He says, and you said it to your friend who heard it, and he was like, whoa, I never knew words could be like that. Remember? He says, do not, he warns the rich of this world, right? Yeah, do not be proud. Do not be proud. But be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. But before that, there's a command to do what? Read the verse before the command. Is it in Dash to Pieces? I don't have it on me. On me. Do you want me to read it before you right now? Okay, give me a second. Yeah. Magic of. Okay, this okay. is it. This is. M, do you have any idea? He commands those who are rich in this world to not. Okay, ready? Yep. I'll read you 14 and 15, but I'll stop 
and then I'll, I'll, I'll continue after that. Okay. So here we go. Bless those who persecute you. Bless them and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Blank. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Pray for those who despitefully use you. No? That's your final answer? It Molly? Is, it is for me. I haven't eaten supper yet. I can't <laughs> Okay. Here we go. Ready? Bless those who persecute you. Bless those and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Oh, that's beautiful. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Live in harmony. So I this is it. Hum- proud people cannot live in harmony. Don't they have to pray for the people one around because they're them? They're so <laughs> independent-minded. It's like in a choir, you know, you, or if you're a musician or whatever, you have to work together with all of the teams, mm-hmm. all kind of surrendering yep. your individuality mm-hmm. to the group, so that the beauty of the music can stand out. Oh, that's beautiful. Instead of just one person, like, can you imagine if everyone's, you know, united and there's this beautiful harmony and synergy, and then the the drum player is like totally in his own world, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, just back there, yeah. like, and it just like messes with. With everything yeah. that one person yeah. can bring, not not disharmony, but like the opposite of that, can bring chaos and kind of ruin that. Absolutely. And the idea is, is that a prideful person will be friends with someone based on what they can get out of them. And, and they'll have these friendships where they try to control and manipulate because mm-hmm. they want to get things from them and they want that friendship to service them. Mm-hmm. Whereas a humble, lowly person can seek the good of other people mm-hmm. and can truly be a friend. Hmm. That's beautiful. And they lift other people up and make them look good. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the key. That's the key to our life. That's what Jesus came to show us. Yeah. Um, he washed his friends' feet. Um, there's a verse in Proverbs. I'm not sure where it is. It's 23, 24, 24, I forget. But it says this. It says, by humility and fear of the Lord are the true riches, honor, and mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's well, thanks cute. again, Colin and Molly and boom, 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 in the boom, boom. engineer's position up there. So exciting. And this is a wrap. So if you want to read a book to your family, um, Giant Killer is a killer book. It um, uh-huh. deals with the five giants, the mm-hmm. giant of sloth. Selfishness. Hate, untruth, and, and pride. pride. And if you don't want to read a book to your kids, we have an audio drama of The Giant Killer. And the audio drama isn't just like an audio drama. This is an audio drama of epic proportions. We bring, you know, actors. Um, we've used actors from around the world. Yeah. Star Wars, Downton Abbey, Chronicles of Narnia, Lord of the Rings. You know, just you name it. And we just try to find the best actors. Mm-hmm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it, is it David or is it Rich that's in this one? Is a giant. Yeah, Rich. Is it Rich, Rich Swingle is a giant? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, he's my favorite sure? in this one. Uh-huh. I, I, David Sanborn's in it, too. They could both be in it. I think I, they I, are. I think David Sanborn might be in it, but the Rich Swingle giants, and I love them. Who's the fightest? Who's fightest? I, I like that actor. Is it Thomas or? Oh, it is Thomas. Yeah. yeah Thomas, Thomas Scott. Yeah, he's one of my favorites, favorites as well. He's a great knight. Uh, Tim Moriarty. I don't know if he's in uh-huh. that one. Oh, he's some pretty amazing actors in, yeah. in these dramas. And wasn't that the first one that we did right here in Mount Morris? We did it here. I'm not sure if it was the first one. We, but we might. We definitely did it right here in it the It was studio. the first one. Yeah, first one. No way. Because wow. I remember when I first got here, there was a video, and it was Thomas Scott doing an interview, um, and he was, like, walking through the whole building as if it were, like, the first time they'd ever been there. And I was like, that's kind of weird. And then, yes, it was the very first. I missed that entire drama. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, I um, once I read it, 
you know, I just got by myself and I read through it. You know, when you're in it, you know, and you're editing and doing all that, you you do it by piecemeal, you know. And when I read it through as a story, I'm like, oh, this ah, there's something missing in the story. And so the day of the recording, we I, I was in the, my office literally writing every page and as they were Nightmare. recording, the pages were coming, you know. And you know, dude, we did the same thing for Shipwrecked, and I was blown away. Like, it was such a God miracle yeah. because you don't just write under that pressure and that time constraint for it to be as good as it was. Only God. Because we got the script for the ending scene, and we were all just holding our breath. And there was a there was a time constraint, too, because one of the actors yeah, yeah, had, to, had leave. to leave and yeah. get on the air, airplane there. Yeah. And uh, we, we just start recording it, and it was stunning. So, Molly and Colin, um, what we're trying to do here at Lamplighter Ministries— is helping families to have the resources that are not just going to entertain them. We don't want to amuse people. But these resources, these books and these audio dramas, they allow children to vicariously experience the story so that they place themselves in situations Mm -hmm. in their own imagination. Mm -hmm. We are reigniting the imagination of a child and a family. Mm -hmm. You know, some of these stories bring fathers and sons together Mm -hmm. again. You know, it places mom in a position of honor again. It places children in a position where they realize they have a responsibility to listen and obey and, mm-hmm. and learn from their parents. And so these these dramas are teaching much more than, you know, just giving children something to listen to. Yep. I mean, we, we receive letters where parents say their children are listening to these for hours. You know, they get into the driveway at the end of a long drive <laughs> and like, we're not getting out of the car. You don't want to listen to these. They're so well done. You know, some mm-hmm. of the best actors in the world, the best sound designers, the best, you know, musician, engineers. It's just mm-hmm. God God be praised. He is yeah. really— He's been um, good. He's really blessed us with these resources. And the books, I'm telling you, there's 275 books. God keeps bringing us about 10 to 12 a year. Mm-hmm. Um, our illustrators are starting to illustrate them beautifully. The Giant Killer illustrated book is going to be out— Probably May. We're looking at May. May? Mm-hmm. It's going to be amazing. We're in the middle of um, the artwork is being done right now. And the Sunday school and homeschool and Christian school curriculum yep. on the Giant Killer, Teddy's Button, and Buried in the Snow, and then Sir Malcolm the Missing Prince. I hope that God blesses this in ways we cannot imagine. I think it's going to, to change the way churches see their children mm-hmm. growing in the knowledge and grace of our Lord. It's going to happen. Amen. Okay, let's, Amen. Go, let's, let's go eat supper. Let's change the world. God bless. I'm blessed. You've been listening to Fastened Like Nails, a presentation of Lamplighter Ministries. Our mission is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ-like character one story at a time. To learn more about our family collection of rare books, dramatic audios, or guild programs, visit lamplighter.net. To hear more podcasts, search for Fastened Like Nails wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question you would like to submit for the Lamplighter team, visit fastenedlikenails.net and fill out the form. That's fastenedlikenails.net.